Welcome in to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I am your host, Les Lukacs. Today, I am pleased to be joined by Northern California Scouting Director Blaine Clemens. Blaine, it was a long weekend out in Chicago, but we battled the cold, learned a whole lot. How the heck are you doing? I'm good. I feel like we couldn't get enough of each other. Now we're doing it, doing it again a couple of days later, but the cold was, uh, yeah, it was real. It was real, but I'm happy to be back. Uh, Northern California, of course, the, the cold followed me back here. It snowed in Sonoma County uh, yesterday, the day before, in the the, the hills. So um, apparently, cold is following us around. Yeah, well, if it makes you feel any better, I woke up this morning to ice on my windshield and all over my car, frost on the grass. So the cold is moving its way west, apparently. But Base, baseball season. Yes, indeed. Uh, so let's dive right in. The reason why we were out in Chicago, uh, the Super 60, the annual event hosted by Prep Baseball Report this year drew 67 of the top players from around the country. And man, we, we got we got some eyes on some some really good players. Uh, you know, pitching was the dominant position out there. Uh, you know, there was uh, over a half dozen guys with velocities over 90. You know, one guy touched 96 from Missouri, really put his name on the maps. I mean, what's your take on that event? I mean, I think it's a fantastic event. 120 plus pro scouts there in this awesome facility. You know, Blaine, what's your take on that? You know, you mentioned how, how good the arms look and you see uh, uh, the, the kid from Missouri touch 96, which is like you said, I think was a record at, at one at our Super 60. Um, I have no doubt about it that the environment, the 120 scouts, and it's not just scouts, it's not just a couple area guys, it's it's major decision makers. Um, it's a really intense, electricity-filled, uh, unique uh, thing for a, for a young kid to go through. We often look at, you know, we, we evaluate these young men who possess such special talents, and sometimes we forget that, you know, they're human beings, they're, they're not robots, um, they fluctuate from on a given day in their performance sometimes, and, and, and beyond all that, they're kids. And so in that environment, looking at these grown men with their stopwatches and, and the cameras and, and all the technology in and, and a little, little horseshoe uh, environment when they're hitting, and just, it's, it's just mind-blowing the juice those kids must feel. And then I think you see some of the performances, whether it's a little extra on the throw for the outfielder, whether it's a little bit faster on the 60, a little bump in the velocity. I mean, there's no doubt about it that the environment for those that thrive in a kind of environment like that, I think you see some special stuff. Yeah, and, and we certainly saw that went right out the gate. I mean, there was half dozen guys that ran a, a six by five or better. And I mean, you talk about putting your name on a map. I mean, for a guy from, you know, the Midwest who is a cold weather state guy and come out and run out, a, uh, run a six, three, four right out the gate. I mean, in, in early February, uh, you know, you talk about the juice player must feel that. I mean, that's got to make that guy feel great. Oh, no doubt about it. It looks like Michigan State did quite well in their recruiting class. They've got two of those guys that ran, you know, 6'5", 1", 6'4", both committed to uh, the Spartans. So, um, yeah, that's flying. I mean, just standing there, I was talking with, talking with Doug Freeman, you know, our Florida, um, Florida guy, and we were watching, and we were talking about ideas, and we were eyeballing some of the kids, and we were just, you know, I've always kind of had a saying in scouting that there's three kinds of runners. Essentially, you've got those that can, those that can't, and everybody else is kind of, kind of in between, but these kids said to those that can, it's even faster than those that can. I mean, it was, some of them were flying with great form and just 
they're running into that mass of humanity at the end last all those scouts down there with their watches they look down the head comes up it's just i can't even imagine being that kid standing there and you know trying to determine my own future yeah no doubt california did have one player brand both uh, from Simi Valley, made the trip out to Chicago, performed pretty well, didn't run his best, uh, but you know his batting practice round was was pretty strong, particularly the second round. Uh, he, I thought he caught very well. He had a uh, catcher velocity of 84, 85. Yep, uh, he, was popping, he was popping sub twos. I thought he did pretty well for himself out there in front of scouts who, you know, certainly aren't from uh, California. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of a lot of high ranking officials within scouting departments. I know I spoke to scouting directors from three teams just to get their take on, you know, the, the event and what PBR is doing. And, uh, you know, so there were some, some big time decision makers there. And, and I think Brant did a good job of, uh, displaying his abilities, uh, to those guys. Yeah, he did. He carried himself. Well, if you're, if you're the only representative from, from the great state of California and certainly our baseball, uh, history, and you know where you fit in the, in the grand scheme of things, but yet you're the only one representing your state. Uh, you got some juice, you got some nerves. You want to, you, you know, you want to justify that, that you're there for the right reasons and show everybody and, and to keep composed and do all of that. You know, I think that is the thing that comes through for me time and time again, especially in the BP stuff um, where throwing and running, those are a little different than standing there in a, in a batting practice session uh, in an environment that you've never been in before and to try and control that heartbeat. And uh, he did a great job. Yeah, so the Super 60, for if you're interested in reading all the content that's coming out on that, be sure to check out prepbaseballreport.com. Uh, our national guys are all pumping out stuff daily on that. Uh, speaking of prepbaseballreport.com, Blaine, you hosted the Northern California Preseason All-State. Uh, content is rolling out from that. Uh, that was just the week prior to the Super 60. Uh, several players, several players uh, showed very, very well for you. Uh, you wanted to talk about a handful of those guys, so I'll let you uh, get into that. Yeah, it was a great day. We had uh, nearly 80 kids show up uh, representing grad classes from seniors all the way through freshmen. Uh, it, was a, it was a cool morning, but the weather was clear. We were at San Joaquin Delta College in Stockton, uh, defending state champions in the junior college ranks. Um, and, and going through here, and you know, we only have time to discuss three or four kids. Uh, there's, there's certainly more than three or four kids uh, worth discussion, but uh, to jump into to these four, I look at, you know, when the, when the event was done and, and Ryan Ozella, uh, our scout up here with us, and we were talking about you know, how to rank the kids, how to put, determine who's in the, the five pieces that we have on the website. Um, I look at the names that I have at the top of every one of the position groups, and these are the kids that actually I wrote down again this morning without even uh, looking back at that. And one I'm going to start off with, uh, I'll start with one of the younger players, the younger player. Uh, he's a freshman. His name's uh, Jaron Navarez. Uh, he's a outfielder, left-handed pitcher from San Ramon Valley High School in Danville. And in terms of a really talented young man, he's he's five nine, one hundred and fifty-five pounds. He's a left-left. Uh, we've seen him, you know, at a few of our events. Uh, he didn't pitch in this particular event. His arm was a. He's getting in that preseason shape, so we didn't want to push it too hard. He had just pitched in a tournament previously, so uh, he took the day off the mound. But he showed his wares as a as a hitter. Um, and if you didn't know, Jaron was a pitcher. You, you wouldn't be. In a, wouldn't care. He can really, really handle the bat less. He's, he's a freshman, but his composure and as a, and his feel of the barrel and the ability to use the whole field and the calm that he does things with. And then the lightning bat speed. I mean, this kid can really whip it. Um, 
He's 90 exit off a tee, but it looks even better than that when he's taking live BP. He's just, you can spray a ball from line to line, not just, not just spraying it and touching. I mean, he's hitting the ball hard in the gaps. Uh, he's an, he's a good outfielder. Uh, he gets in the, in the low mid eighties, you know, from the outfield. I've seen him do it at first base and also be in the same velocity range. Uh, he's a fair runner right now, but as a freshman, he's got time. He's got time to get faster and more explosive. He ran around a seven one nine. Um, he really just strikes me though with, with just as a as a kid as young as he is to uh, to just have that kind of heartbeat. It's a, it's a term I use a lot, I know, but uh, it does kind of blow me away knowing that um, he's only a couple years older than my son. He's a seventh grade. I look at him, I go, "Holy cow!" Uh, really impressive. And San Ramon Valley has got a long history of very good baseball in the East Bay. Um, there's plenty of players that have come out of there, so the culture there is strong, uh, and he's going to fit right in as one of the very very next uh, great ones. Um, just watching the video and reading some of the notes on him. I, I mean, everything you're saying is true in terms of handling the bat. I mean, it's beyond his age, right? Oh yeah. I've seen him go center field, left center, uh, watch a tournament a few, a few months ago. And, and it looked like he mishit a ball and we're at the pro stadium in Stockton and, and, the, and it went off the wall down the line oppo, which, you know, when it, when a player mishits a ball and it goes that far and it stays fair, you know, you're talking about a special, potentially special bat talent. Uh, you just don't see it a ton. You just really don't. And then you look down the sheet and it says 2022. Is that a mistake? <laughs> no, it, it's not. It's really not. He's ready to hit from the get go. He's got a great trigger. Um, he's looking to hit, 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 then get to take. He's uh, he's ultra aggressive, but he knows what he wants to hit. Uh, the hands just really work. Um, they're just fun to watch. It's a pleasure to watch. Yeah, We've no got. Doubt. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, who's, who's the next guy? Well, I can get on another left-handed hitter, um, but I'm going to get to him in a second. I'll go up one one age group here. We'll go to a a sophomore um, from a small school, uh, Cameron Butler. He's from Modesto Christian High. Um, you know, not not one of the schools that's mentioned amongst the uh, the powerhouses in the state of California, certainly. But you can find gems uh, no matter where where you look in this state and across the country. And um, Cameron's one of them. He's an athletic, athletic baseball player. He's not an athlete playing baseball. He's an athletic baseball player, and I think, I think there's a difference in that determination. Uh, he's ran a six, seven, nine, and he does it easy. Um, he got 96 velocity off the tee. Uh, he's got 82. We've seen him up to 85 in a tournament. We've seen him 82 in this event, throwing from the infield, and he does it with he does it with feel. He does it with touch. He does it with athleticism. He's got clean, quick actions to the ball, through the ball. Um, can throw on the run. Uh, and then in a game situation we've seen before, the bat doesn't just play off a tee and in a static environment. He got whippy life. Um, he's six foot one seven. He's going to be even stronger and bigger than that down the road. And he's just one of them athletes you feel when you watch, like you feel like you're watching and somebody's got a chance to move to a to really elite level um, at the position and stay at the position while being a physical player at the same time. Nice. Yeah. Just watching again, watching the video on these guys, everything you're saying is, is what you see on video and, and in your reports. We'll move on to the uh, 2020 class. Uh, Andrew Neal is a, is a player uh, from Freedom High School in Oakley. Uh, he's a left-handed hitting middle infielder. He also pitches. He'll pitch at the high school level. And he'll do a great job. I saw him last spring just car people up with his field of breaking ball. Uh, he's 5'11". He's 160. Um, Andrew's uh, Keystone combination teammate is a, a 2019 shortstop, one of our, I believe, our highest rated um, 19 infielder in the state, uh, Kyron Paris. So up the middle, they're quite talented. Uh, he'd be a shortstop, Andrew would, for just about any other high school team, but he's going to likely man second base um, for the for Freedom this spring. And 
another left-handed hitter with just special feel for the bat. The confidence just drips out of him when he walks to the plate. And it's not, it's not that cocky arrogance. It's not, it's just, you know, this kid understands that he can hit. He knows where the barrel is. He's on time. He can spray it line to line again. Um, you know, he's, he's just got a calm, confidence, cool, collected deal about him. The arm is good in the infield, uh, up to the mid eighties. Uh, the bat doesn't, you know, the ball doesn't come off like lightning off his bat on the, on the T scenario, uh, 85, 86. Uh, but he's not about that. He's honestly, he's, he's got tools and they rate well beyond his tools though, less it's just his feel for playing the game of baseball. When you watch him pitch, he can carve guys up. He knows how to command the fastball. He knows when to spin the breaking ball. Uh, at second base, he's in the right position. He's tough around the bag and can handle hits. Um, so he's he's a he's just a skilled baseball player with high level of ability um, and just the natural feel I think for playing the game. Uh, he's just one. And, 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 go ahead. He's, well, I was gonna say he's one of the twenty. He's one of the he's one of the players that St. Mary's College up here has done a really good job identifying fairly early. Um, and just the mode of how he gets about it is uh, kind of a reflection, uh, of, you know, of their head coach's personality. So uh, kudos to them, and they did a good job. And lastly, the 2019 player is a guy that we've seen quite a bit here since uh, the summertime and, and a guy that we're both really high on. Yeah, actually, so, uh, you know what, I, I got to correct you for a second. Maybe it's, it's uh, he's actually 2020. We're talking about the Placentia. Correct. Uh, Omar Placentia, the catcher. We have seen. Uh, we've been up near him. We've talked to him. We've shaken his hand. We felt his physicality. He plays with a big smile. He plays with big energy. He... Um, He's, shoot, he's a catcher. We don't have a lot of catchers running six nine threes, but he's one of them. Um, he's explosive in his strength. His arm strength is we've seen eighty miles an hour, a tick above at times. Uh, exit velocity eighty eight, which is great. Last swing of BP though, as he's getting off and he's getting fun, and he's having he clears the trees in left center field, closer to center field of this ballpark, and it's not a small ballpark. Um, the cold morning. Uh, you know, and you talk to Omar, one of the things, and we'll get to this discussion as, as we finish down the road, Les, is one of the best things we get to do at, at our events when we have this level of player and is that we get to meet them and be around them and kind of feel what their personality is like. You know what I mean? And, and Omar has got one of those, and so it comes out, he gets behind the plate, and he throws his pop times, and he can really work it down there low in the one-eighths. Um, he's on the bag. You know, he's got an arm. And honestly, if you show up on video uh, – it tracks. It tracks true. It tracks slow. It's the kind of throw that as it's getting to the bag, you think it's going to hit the dirt, and it never does. And the, all, the, all the second baseman or shortstop has to do is put their glove at the bag, seemingly more often than not, and catch the baseball. And that's it. Uh, Omar's a really talented kid. There's nothing he can't do on the field that I've observed yet. And then I think he brings a makeup component um, to that position, which is so important. And his confidence and the swag he carries himself with, um, it's definitely palpable. You can feel it. Uh, he smiles, like I said, a lot. Um, he talks easily and readily. Uh, he's just a really fun kid to be around. Yeah, and, and the thing that really stood out to me is just how physically, as you mentioned, that you touched on that, how he's shaking his hand and you just feel his physicality. And he's a big, strong catcher, right? The squared shoulders, the big thighs, mm -hmm. and he brings that power to that position. But it doesn't affect him in his movements behind the plate, right? Like he's still very athletic. He moves really well uh, behind the plate. He runs pretty well, like you mentioned, a six nine three, uh, and he's just a big physical athlete playing catcher at a high level, right? Yeah, you know, oftentimes when we describe players, when we use the term, you know, physical body, physical catcher, physical outfit, oftentimes it brings to mind now, oh, maybe a little bit stiff, right? Maybe a little bit muscle-bound and, and, and the actions might be limited. But the description of Omar was he looks the physical part. At six foot 190, he, he is the physical part. But it's, it's not just because he has explosiveness. 
and he's maintained agility and he's maintained um, athleticism within those actions. So everything he does happens with, with explosion and life uh, combined with the strength. So it's, uh, he's obviously worked hard um, on his body. He's worked hard on his craft. Uh, he's worked hard to put him in position to be spoken of you know, among the best 2020 catchers in the, in the state of California. Yeah, no doubt. So for more content on the Northern California preseason all-state, uh, be sure to check out prepbaseballreport.com slash California. Uh, Blaine and Ryan just crushing it with the content uh, all of last week and then into this week. We're going to move on to our next topic, Blaine. That's our Power 25. Monday, we released our first Power 25 rankings. It's our state top 25, essentially. Uh, we've had some some good feedback from, from the teams that we have on there. Uh, you know, we obviously got some feedback on teams that we people think we may have missed on, but all that stuff will play itself out over the course of the season. This is just notes on uh, rankings based on what we've seen through the fall and the winter uh, and into uh, into January here with the season starting here in SoCal, uh, or at least in Orange County, L.A. counties uh, here this weekend. Uh, we felt it would uh, be important to get those teams out now uh, prior to the start of the season. So we're going to each talk about a couple teams in our areas that we are pretty high on. And, Blaine, I'm going to let you go ahead and get started with your first team. So, yeah, like you said, uh, there are people. some people agree with what you put out in the ranking and some people don't. And if we got it right and we nailed this top 25 and it stays the same all year long, we'll be the first ones to ever do it on a preseason ranking. So congratulations if we get that done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, up here I went with Jesuit as, the, as I feel like the top team going into the season. Uh, Jesuit, out of, Jesuit out of Carmichael uh, from the Loaded Delta League. When I when I went through this and looked at going into this season and, and building off of last year, for and we have a lot of good teams up here as you do down there, is that I really often lean towards the strength of the pitching staff side. Uh, high school baseball can be dominated by by quality pitching staffs that don't just have one, don't just have two. Don't just have three. This school has got four uh, high-level, bordering elite high school pitchers, um, all of which are Division One commits. Uh, it's just deep, starting with a left-hander, Carter Benbrook, uh, who's also a, uh, one of their better hitters. It's going to UCSB. He's a left-hander that's got feel of the zone, feel of three pitches, and a, a plus changeup that just I've seen toy with high school hitters. Uh, going to Cade Pilcher, a right-hander who, you know, when they say looks the part, fits, you know, fits the body type description. He committed to uh, Cal State Northridge, can get in the low 90s. Um, the body is just coming on. The arm action is loose, and he's just got such a ceiling. Uh, they have a transfer because the rich got richer. They got a transfer named Andy Owen from Turlock High, who's a, a, a 20, 20 grad, committed to Cal. Uh, works in the 88-90 range with plus feel uh, for a high, the high school level of secondary pitches, bulldog mentality, um, online delivery, athletic kid at six foot 190. Uh, and then we go to what likely is the best of these four, uh, and he's a sophomore, and his name is Anthony Susak. Uh, he's a commit to Oregon State, and Anthony's already working in the low 90s in his preseason workouts. He can spin a slider and, and locate it. Um, He's the cousin of uh, uh, big leaguer Andrew Susak, currently of the Orioles. Um, he's you know six four five plus uh, with the body type is just you, you know when they say it, it is what they look like. You go to a big league camp and there's people that look like this when he was this age. Offensively, they may not be as talented I think as and deep as some schools up here last, but they start with a you know Andrew's cousin Daniel Susak, a, a junior catcher with a physical bat, big time catch throw skills. And then a player that I know you love. Heck, I, I'll, I'll stop talking for a second. Let you segue into it. But Luke Williams. Yeah, I, you know, I saw a Jesuit up in uh, Fresno last year, and, and I remember texting you the first time I saw them. I said, 
I love Luke Williams. <laughs> I mean, <it's> just <laughs> it was simple. It was pretty simple. I mean, it, it's a guy that, that just plays the game right. You know, he was playing second base for them that day. And man, I mean, everything about that team is, is really exciting. Uh, it, you know, and, and you nailed that. Uh, you hit the nail on the head there with that staff. That staff's going to challenge just about anybody in the state uh, for the top staff. And, you know, talking about a top staff, for me, my first team I want to talk about is, is Jay Sarah. Uh, you know, they have the right-handed pitcher, Andrew Miller. He's a University of Utah commit. All this guy does is just get outs, right? I mean, he misses bats. He gets out. They got a nice little transfer in Luke Jewett, a guy that I know that you and I both mm-hmm. like quite a bit. Uh, moved back down to Orange County from Redwood High School in Visalia. Uh, you know, all he did was touch 92 uh, recently during uh, MLK weekend. Wow. You know, they got a little lefty, uh, 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 Gage Jump, who's also a sophomore. Uh, you know, he's made a significant increase in his velocity from last season. He's up to 88 from the left side, can really spin it, real, really good feel for the changeup, but it's their offense. And this offense, there's no easy out there. You got Blake Klassen, Cody Schreier, Michael Curiel, you know, all three Pac-12 commits, uh, Nino Voltaggio. I mean, the list goes on and on. Jay Serra, um, we have them at number 10 presently, uh, the, the second team from the Trinity League in the rankings. Uh, but we could easily see them make a, you know, a big jump in the rankings before it's all said and done. Uh, second team for you, Blaine. I'm going to talk about Valley Christian because this is a, this is a school. This is probably the one we get the most feedback on in the last day or so. Once our rankings went public, is the Valley Christian was one of the more outstanding teams in the nation last year. I think they were 28, three and one. Uh, Division one commits up and down the lineup. Uh, one of the best pitching staffs uh, in the state of California. That they lost about 130 innings out of that out of that group, that twosome. Um, but they're coming back with a full cover, a full arsenal. Uh, they had six main pitchers last year. Four of them are back. Uh, they start with uh, 2020 left-hander Eddie Park, who's also a uh, starting outfitter for them, a left-left kid committed to Stanford with great touch feel on the mound. Will Kempner, um, a strong sinker-balling right-hander who really really gets after it, loves to be out there, can spin a slider. Uh, he's a Gonzaga commit. Uh, you know, He kind of fell in the line of, of pitching last year. He just didn't get the innings that many thought he would. Uh, I'm certain he's poised for a, a big load this year, and, I, and, I, and I've seen him. He looks capable of doing it. Uh, Steven Zobak is a, is a left-handed hitting power potential young man that plays outfield. He's caught in the past. He's, a, he's another upper 80s arm that's going to get on the mound. He threw, I want to say, 20, 20, 30 innings last year. Uh, they followed up with a sophomore, uh, one, of the, one of the top softs in the state, and Jonathan Simrot, who also handles the bat and plays a big role in their offense, uh, who had a, a nice load of pitching last year. So, again, uh, at the end of the year, if they're up in the mix with the Jesuits uh, for pitching, I wouldn't be shocked. We've got them at eight overall in the state. Some publications have them eight in the nation. Um, that very well could play out that way. Uh, offensively, they're strong up the middle with a, a, a senior at shortstop, uh, Nick Marincon's going to Cal Poly. Um, in the center field, they have uh, Brigman, and, and he's, he's going to Santa Clara, and he's a really talented baseball player. Uh, the shortstop and part of his second base is Trevor Haskins, a Stanford commit. Has, hasn't had a ton of varsity experience yet, but he's one of the more physically gifted, uh, glove skill, arm strength kids. So Valley Christian will be in the mix all year. If they end up number one, they end up number two, they end up nationally ranked, it will not shock anybody. Um, so now I guess I put a little chip on their shoulder by having them uh, eight overall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The feedback we got there was pretty. Uh, uh, it wasn't very much of a mixed bag, but it was a uh, it was a loud bag, if you will. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I sat on them for four days when they were down here at the National Classic last year, and that was a you know very talented team. But for me, 
the guy on that roster that is just the guy that I think has just major, major upside. Oh, well, there's two of them, right? Zoback and Park for me, those two mm-hmm. guys have a chance to be special. Uh, Park's feel for the game is really exceptional, and Zoback's got got a physicality to him that you can just definitely feel when he's in the biter's box. Yeah, just in just in talking to scouts, I mean, Park, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a couple of scouts and college coaches that were at the underclass area code games, Park was the, the best player on either the SoCal or the NorCal area code teams, and that's saying a lot when you look at those rosters. It sure is. So next team I, I want to talk about is Ayala out of Chino Hills. Uh, you know, they're led by senior Joe Naranjo, who is a left-handed pitcher. First baseman is going to get a little run in the outfield this year. Uh, I mean, we're talking an elite bat here uh, with Joe. You know, he's 84, 86 on the mound, but he just gets guys out. He can really spin a breaking ball. Uh, he's Cal State Fullerton commit, who will probably uh, have a chance to do both there, uh, but certainly he will hit if he chooses that route. Uh, Dylan Cook is a, a right-handed pitcher committed to Utah Valley. Cole Konyarski is an outfielder, one of the fastest players in the entire state. Uh, he's an outfielder committed to Cal State Fullerton. Nick McLeod, he's going to St. Mary's. I mean, the list goes on and on. Ayala is, we have them number 15. Uh, they play in a, in a pretty darn good league uh, out in their area. Uh, and, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see those guys move up the rankings as well. Uh, moving on down the road, uh, Vacaville for you, Jip Lane. Vacaville won the Sac Joaquin section division one championship last year, which is uh, it, it's a significant accomplishment in Northern California. Cause you've got to battle teams all through that division from the Delta league. We're talking Franklin, we're talking Jesuit, um, talking Elk Grove. Uh, again, it's, it's year in year out. One of the best conferences and best sections in, in the entire state. Um, and Vacaville went through it. They lost an early round game in there. Uh, they came back from the losers bracket to beat, uh, Franklin, um, they came back to win two in the same day on the very end of it all. And they earned that title. And they did it with a real style of play that it's when you're at the ballpark watching them, man, they get after it. They got an attitude about them. They got a chip on their shoulder. They got a, they got a dirtbag approach about them, which I know you guys appreciate that word in Southern California for the greatness of Long Beach State. Um, they're, they're really deep this year. They lost, they lost a fair amount of talent from last year. They lost three major Division One guys uh, from the lineup. They lost a shortstop, a catcher. Um, a pitcher who also played third base, but they're coming back with athleticism that's, uh, frankly, could be astounding. Uh, Dev Harrison is a Long Beach State committee. is an outfielder, right-handed pitcher that gets in the low 90s. Uh, the shortstops that commit to Sac State, Hunter Doro, who is uh, a talented athlete, a little pop on the bat, good bouncy feet and can play. The slugging Michael Brown at first base is a 2020 with just I mean, beautiful raw power, but he's not crude. He can really handle the bat. He's got feel for hitting. Uh, he hit a number of home runs last year. I want to say uh, six or seven dingers last year. There's more coming this year, and he's not just a bruiser. He's just he's got feel for the bat. Uh, the shortstop, another middle infield, well, Doro and McClellan's Brian McClellan is a Cal commit. Will fight for the honor to play shortstop on this team. Now that one's going to go to second base, and he's an elite glove man. So we'll be uh, it'll be a challenge for Hunter to take that from him. And then you're going to get to the outfield with the other outfielders. Kenny DeSell is a junior, and he can fly. He's a basketball player uh, whose baseball skill is just evolving more and more and more. Uh, Jared Breedwell is an Oregon State commit, and he's another flyer. His team has got depth. They've got two catchers that are going to battle for playing time, and they'll probably split it all year long. Adam Chadwick and Nick Strong. Um, they've got corner guys in, in Schmutzler and David Rodriguez. Schmutzler's a commit to Cal State East Bay. Rodriguez is a left hand hitting third baseman who also pitch. He's 84, 85. It's just a team that has deep talent, hungry talent. They're building a pedigree of winning. Um, 
I wanted to put them a little bit higher. I got to see the pitching happen for them, you know, through the whole season. They've got some guys that are going to pitch in their two and three and four spots that are experienced, but this stuff's not quite as big as some others. Uh, I think they'll be led by their offense and their athleticism more than anything. Yeah, and we had a chance to see Brown at the uh, underclass, area, underclass area code games as well over the summer, and, and you talk about that power, man. That's that's something you just kind of sit back and enjoy when he's taking BP. It's it's very, very impressive. Last team for me is Etiwanda out of Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, they have to, for me, what I think is one of the best senior shortstops in, in, in the entire area in Cody Freeman. Uh, brother is, is now playing in the uh, Cleveland Indians organization. And, and Cody's just one of those energy guys. I mean, he brings a ton of energy to the field. He's definitely the leader on that team. He's both the vocal leader and he just gets it done at the plate and defensively. Uh, big time arm, range. I mean, you name it, this kid has it all. Uh, he's a Baylor commit. Uh, so he'd be heading out to play in the Big 12 next year. On the mound, they have Marcus Johnson, who is a Duke commit. You know, he's mid to upper 80s, can really spin a breaking ball feel for the changeup. Uh, he, he's one of those guys playing that he's like 6'3". If you look at him, you'd say he's probably about 170 pounds. I think they list him at about 180, 185. Tons yeah. of room, tons of room for physical growth. Uh, you know, big feet. I mean, he just gets after it, loose whippy arm. Uh, then on the other hand, on the other side, you have a, uh, Matthew Bardwell, a USC commit in the 20 class. Uh, you know, here's a guy that is a, the, the opposite of Johnson. He's a big physical dude at, you know, 6'2", 6'3". Uh, you know, he's about 205, 210. Uh, he plays outfield. He rakes at the plate. Uh, you know, he spins it up there at about, you know, 92, 93. Uh, you know, sometimes command deserts him, but for the most part, he's a pretty consistent pitcher. Uh, but, you know, you're getting two things there with the bat and the arm on the mound. Uh, and then behind the plate, they have Jack Holman, who is a uh, um, a sophomore in the 21 class. He's, you know, we're talking 6'4", uh, 190, big physical dude. He was at our SoCal preseason All-State. Swings it really, really well from the left side. Uh, moves pretty well behind the plate. Not sure that he ends up there, but here's a guy that has Pac-12 interest up and down the league. Uh, Etiwanda, to me, is a team to beat in their league that's pretty stacked. Uh, and, you know, they'll expect them to make a, a run in the playoffs. Uh, so to check out the Power 25 rankings, the complete list, go to prepbaseballreport.com slash California. You'll see the Power 25 tab uh, right at the top of the page there. Uh, so we're going to close out this podcast with some questions uh, from our followers. We posed some questions both on uh, 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 Twitter at, prep ba- or at PBR underscore California and on Instagram at PBR California. Uh, first question comes in from uh, Juji Galvan. Uh, what about Crossroads and Santa Monica? This is my area, Blaine. I'll go ahead and take this one. Sure. Uh, when, when you talk about Crossroads, you got to start with Wes Burton. Uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. He's an Ole Miss commit. Uh, runs it up to about 92 on a good day. Uh, lives, you know, 88 to 90, 91. Uh, really good feel for the secondary pitches. Can spin a tight curveball down in the zone. Uh, he's got a, a feel for the slider uh, and the changeup. Uh, it's not quite a four-pitch mix yet, uh, but I'd give him about two and a half. Uh, you know, once he gets out to Ole Miss with Carl uh, Lafferty out there, 
Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll work on some stuff and, and really improve. Uh, he's seen quite a velocity jump. He's a big driveline guy um, and, and just a really, really good kid. Uh, you know, junior Julian Galvan had a big year at the plate in 2018. Uh, sophomore Miles Smith and senior Nicholas Melillo, uh, they provide a lot of depth in the lineup uh, with their consistent bats. Uh, for them, uh, you know, the last two weeks are going to be big. Uh, they're going to face Sierra Canyon to close out the season, but the week before that, they're going to face Paraclete and potentially Joey Estes, who is another uh, MLB draft prospect um, committed to Long Beach State. We had a chance to see Estes quite a bit at the area code games and the tryouts. So Crossroads, you know, they're in for a big season um, and we'll we'll see where it takes them. But, uh, you know, they definitely have some talent there uh, at the small school in Santa Monica. Uh, next question comes from Gage Johnson. Uh, thoughts on Jesuit Blaine? You touched on them already a little bit, but uh, yeah. let, let's go ahead and get to Gage's question here. So he wanted to know thoughts on Jesuit Blaine, and, and like I said, you know, if I could answer Gage directly, is this pitching staff is just so elite, um, and and a chance to be the top one in California. And I, and I alluded to all of them from Benbrook uh, to Pilcher to Owen. Uh, to, to the young Susac, and, I, and and then you add that component of, of a Luke Williams who just has this winning winning style of play about him that just, he just does things right on the field to a catcher with with big time talent and, and big varsity experience and, and some bloodlines that matter. Um, they're well coached, one of the longest tenured and most successful head coaches in Joe Patoni uh, in in the area. You know they'll be tested last. I mean that that schedule that they roll out there is uh, it's no joke. <laughs> um, they scrimmage against the Davis. They got a Bellarmine as their first regular game. They'll play Valley. Their first three, first four games are Bellarmine, Valley Christian, De La Salle, and St. Mary's out of Stockton. Um, I dare say anybody's going to roll out of bed and play that four for their first games, first four games of the year. And then it doesn't get easier from there unless they jump into the, the Delta League schedule with with Sheldon High. Uh, and so they're, they, I think they've gone down a team in the Delta League this year. So they're going to play three game series each uh, during the week. So you got a home road home or a road home road. So you'll play an opponent three times in a week, which creates, well, like it does in the big leagues, it creates some uh, unique um, tensions, uh, animosities, uh, dislike, uh, and it's real. Uh, those games are not just, we saw you guys four weeks ago when we beat you or didn't beat you. It actually, it's, it's very competitive. Uh, your, your, your teams that finish near the bottom of the conference are not to be taken lightly because they are there to play you uh, tooth and nail. Um, from Elk Grove and Davis, they play the Fresno Easter Baseball Classic, and they come back with Franklin um, and, a, and another tournament, and then Pleasant Grove and, and a newcomer, Lee Kasumas Oaks, which is another uh, Elk Grove team. It's By the end of the year, they're tested. Uh, we'll know if uh, our lofty ex- or my lofty expectations of them hold up um, fairly soon. Yeah, that's exciting to hear that they went to that three games a week. You know, the Trinity League and the Mission League down here, uh, they do the same thing. And and when you follow those three games during a week, you go to the first one, you know, and obviously it's a league rival uh, and it's a pretty good game. The second game, it's a little, you know, it can get a little chippier. But by that third game, man, it's awesome, <laughs> right? I, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's got a playoff feel to it. I mean, it, it, especially if the series is 1-1. I mean, it's it's awesome. So tip of the cap to those guys uh, for going to that one. Uh, we'll go to the last question here, and it's uh, – comes from a reader who, who asked to uh, not be mentioned. Uh, so we'll just read the question here. It says, how do you guys evaluate players at your events? And Blaine, this is a question we get quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and it's, 
you know, it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward, but a lot of people don't really understand, uh, you know, how we evaluate. Uh, we, we put kids through a number of different workouts, be it, uh, you know, obviously running the 60, that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, uh, but, you know, we get into a, a front toss evaluation where, where guys are hitting, uh, you know, some front toss, uh, about a half dozen pitches. Guys are hitting off a tee to register some exit velocities. You know, they work into the BP rounds. Uh, you know, then obviously the defensive workout, uh, you know, then we close them out with some bullpens and, you know, there's a number of different things that we're looking at as evaluators uh, and it obviously based on positions. Uh, but, you know, if you want to dive into it, I mean, Blaine, you know, your track record speaks for itself, having been a scout for the Atlanta Braves and been a college coach. Uh, you know, you've been doing this for a long, long time and know what you're looking for. So I'll let you start it off and then, you know, we yeah. I'll chime in where need be. You know, so the, as you said, the, the evaluations are what they are, right? Numbers, raw numbers are, are raw numbers, and they can be put into our calculations in our in our brain, and we can see some things that a kid can can currently do it, given his age uh, and his physical maturity in, in this process. But um, I think more for me, uh, more than that, and it's probably come through in this conversation uh, more than a few times, is just. I like baseball. I, I like to be around kids who like baseball. You know, I've sat in the stands as a as a college coach and done and, and evaluated showcases and, and sometimes some very hot environments or cold environments and a hundred, hundred plus kids, 140 kids. And, you know, it can sometimes get a little static, um, in those, and, but what always shines through to me, and this is what I love best about what we do. And when we're on the field with these, these kids is we get to know them. What stands out to me more tools and talent are one thing. And yes, you got to break it down you got to project will this tool fit you know, against a higher level of competition and will this kid ever get the necessary strength. But the one thing I don't think that can ever be faked and, and, and I think is maybe missed on more, more than uh, people might know is just that makeup component, that energy to be out there and play, that excitement, that enthusiasm, uh, the confidence, whether it's real. Um, and you can't, you, you're not going to be right on every kid. And oftentimes you don't, some kids are shy and they come out of their, they come out of their shell a little bit, you know, as they mature or they're just maybe not as vocal um, but the handshakes, the look of the eye, who, who giggles a little bit when you when you poke them just a smidge. Um, I, when you're evaluating the whole player outside of just the tools and the talent, you're evaluating the human being in there. Um, college coaches want to be around kids who like baseball because when it gets really hard, less and you know this. I mean, you're you, Trinity, you cover the Trinity League and, and Southern, the great Southern California baseball scene for your life is that it will get hard. It gets harder sooner than for some in the, in the tougher conferences, but it will get hard. And it'll be a difference point. It'll be a breaker uh, and a maker for some kids. And I think that component of passion and love of the game that you want to go back to the yard the next day, um, the kid who doesn't have his best 60 or doesn't have his best pen session or whatever it is and doesn't doesn't worry about, doesn't bellyache about the numbers, um, just says, you know what, I'll come back and show you. I'm better than that. You'll see the next time you see me. Come watch me play. I really get off on those kids. I do. Yeah, and I think the one thing you talked about there that really resonates with me is, you know, we get to know these guys, whether it's at our events or we see them at their high school games. And that goes a long way to determining that. Right. I mean, because, look, the, the bottom line is this is is we are constantly on the phone with either college coaches or pro scouts. And they just want to know about guys, what we know about guys. Baseball scouting is all about information collection. Right. And we're fortunate enough to be in a position where we collect a lot of information, whether it's good information, not so good information or downright bad information. And we see a number of different kids, either 
at our events, at other events, or during the high school season that allow us to kind of formulate our own opinions as well as collect information. So I think that's one of the big things when we come to evaluate players is you're right. I mean, I'm a big body language guy, right? It, does a oh. guy does, does a guy who runs a bad 60 let that carry over throughout the rest of the day, or does he flush it and just move on to the next thing? You know, does a guy that has a bad round of BP let that affect his defense, or does he flush it and move on? You know, that's big to me, and and, and that for me, when when I'm talking to a college coach. I'll bring that up saying, you know, this guy, you know, hey, he was at our event. He he had a horrible 60. He didn't run his best. But you know what? He turned around and he had an awesome round of BP. Mm-hmm. That's going to tell me something. And, and a college guy who probably knows a whole heck of a lot more than I do, that's going to tell him a lot, right, about the kid. So when it comes to evaluating, look, the numbers are what they are. Uh, is it, Sure, there could be, you know, you may have had a bad day. We've all had bad days. You could have mm-hmm. a bad day and put up bad numbers and turn around, and, and the next week when we see you at your high school game, you, you know, you run a lot better, you hit a lot better. You know, some guys aren't showcase guys. They're better in-game guys and vice versa. You know, we hear the saying, you know, he's a five o'clock hitter. Sure. I mean, there's plenty of guys like that, right? Then BP, mm-hmm. it's insane. But you put them in a game and they can't hit anything that doesn't go straight, you know, right. and, and, and vice versa. You know, he's a showcase guy. Yeah, he looks awesome in a showcase, but you put him in a game and he's not good. Or you know what? He's an in-game player. You put him in a showcase and he's not good. So it, that's where I think we have the advantage because we see guys both in the showcase setting and we sure as a heck see guys in their game settings, you know, whether it's with their high school or in the summer with their with their summer teams um, so it's kind of a yep. roundabout way of answering that question but i think we're in a position where we see a lot of guys throughout the year that allow us to formulate opinions on guys and ultimately who we want to push guys towards because if i get a call from a from a power five school i'm going to be honest with that guy because i mean and so are you because ultimately this is this is our livelihood and this is our reputation at stake and those two things are far more important to me than pushing a kid to a school that's not a fit i agree with you wholeheartedly um with, with that, I guess I, I'll close with this is that I, I want people and, and dads and moms and players that might listen to this to understand is that somebody told me many years ago as a scout that, you know, people help bring us up in the game and teach you things is, is that no, on one given day, scouting is a snapshot. It's who you were that one particular day. Uh, you may be at your best. You may have been at your worst. You may have been somewhere in between. But if you were at your best, we're not going to assume that the one time we saw you, that that's who you are, that you're this monster. Or if you didn't have your best day. We want to see the more we can have a chance to see kids, the more we understand who the whole player is, right? I mean, it's one opportunity to be seen and, and human beings have different things that affect them, whether it's homework, uh, didn't eat well, didn't feel well, what, what, whatever, whatever it is, is that we're humans as well. And, and we get, we're a fan of kids less, right? I mean, that's at the bottom of it all scouts. We're in this, we, we love being around the game, first of all, but we're a fan of kids. I, I go to a game. I'm very pro player oriented. I don't want to blow a kid up. And I don't want to make a sound that he's, that he's better than he is because, honestly, like you said, our reputations and our livelihood depends on it. But I'm very pro player, and, and we want to do our best job we possibly can to see what is this kid, okay? I don't want to assume that, you, you, that you're Mike Trout on your first day because I only saw you once, and then I tell you, and yet that might have been the very best you'll ever be, and that's not fair to the player either. So we want to do as good a job as we can of seeing these players as many times as possible uh, within our schedule and understand that there are some fluctuations. We're talking about teenagers. <laughs> 
Right, right. At the end of the day, they are teenagers we are talking about. So that's going to do it for this uh, edition of the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. Be sure to tune in uh, every week as uh, Blaine and I or or Blaine and someone else or myself and someone else will bring you uh, up to speed on what's happening across the state when it comes to prep baseball. Uh, And you can always check out prepbaseballreport.com as we are rolling out content daily. Hit us up on Twitter at PBR underscore California or on Instagram at PBR California. So for Blaine Clemens, I'm Les Lukacs. So long. Until next time, we'll see you around the fields. We'll see you out there.